great Odin's raven. It's crazy, it's crazy, it's crazy. This is, uh, this is ridiculous. Okay, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go with, I'll go. Hello, welcome to the FilmPulse.net podcast. This is episode number 47. My name is Adam. Today I'm joined by Kevin. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing good. Doing pretty good myself. Today we're going to be doing a feature review of Quentin Tarantino's Django Unchained. We also Django. have some Amazon Blu-ray deals. We'll be making our weekly movie predictions. And finally, we'll be going over this week's DVD and Blu-ray releases. First, let's kick things off with some of what we've been watching this week, I started off with some Jack Reacher. Oh, Jack Reacher. I actually went to see this after we were done recording last Sunday, so didn't get a chance to talk about it then. Uh, I was pretty surprised with this movie. I actually liked it. It was, it was pretty solid. I wrote a review for it. It's on the site, so you can just go over there, read my full thoughts. Uh, I think I think I gave it like a 7 out of 10, however... Now, um, after like sitting with it for a week or so, I'd probably drop it down to like a six and a half or a mm-hmm. six. Yeah. But uh, there's still a lot to like about this movie. It's just, it's nothing special, but it is a solid action movie. So when I rent it or something, it has an amazing car chase scene in it. And the opening sequence involving uh, a sniper killing civilians is uh, very, very good very well shot i'm uh, somewhat interested because christopher McQuarrie, who directed it you know he wrote usual suspects mm-hmm. and this he, is his, this is his first movie that he directed since the way of the gun back well, in 2000 um, yeah in an interview he, in an interview he said that because way of the gun was so poorly received that he basically got you know uh blacklisted or whatever and he, he he got put in director jail yeah and he, no, didn't, he, did, he, he didn't make things any better by writing the tours <laughs> i haven't seen that or so. top gun 2 well that's not going to be made anymore oh well i don't know maybe another director will pick it up but tony scott was originally going to be doing that yeah that's true um so yeah jack reacher pretty solid i never read any of the books so I don't really know, like, a lot of people that were fans of the books are going off on the fact that Tom Cruise is this character, but it was fine. He did fine. I didn't have an issue with it. Uh, Werner Herzog is the villain, is awesome. However, he was very underutilized. He has, like, three minutes of screen time. He's in, like, two or three scenes. Um, So I wish they would have put him in there more, because he was just... (laughs) <laughs> such a character it, it almost seems like they wrote it for him uh, i love herzog oh yeah he's great so check that out jack reacher uh next i saw samsara samsara however you say it um this was really it's really good but if you watch it at home i would only recommend it if you have uh, a nice television real <clears throat> High-resolution 1080p television, big screen. If you see it like on Blu-ray and you have a nice TV, it's amazing. It's The visuals are... Th- it's You look at it and you're like, is that even real? Because it's mind-blowing, the visuals in this movie. Uh, there's not really a plot 
to speak of. Some of the sequences and segments go together. Uh, like there's a scene, they, they go to a, um, I don't know if it's a slaughterhouse, sort of a slaughterhouse, I guess, where they prepare chickens and then they just kind of follow it through like the assembly line where people are gutting them and yeah. stuff like that. And then they kind of transition to like footage of fat people eating <laughs> fast food and stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, there, there's, there are some statements <clears throat> so to, is this, to be made. Is this essentially like Quatsakani, Quatsi or whatever, those Quatsi movies? Uh, have, yeah. you, have you seen any of those? Because it says here that the guy that directed Samsara was a cinematographer on one of I them. I haven't no, I haven't seen any of those movies, but if you've saw the uh the previous movie that he made, Baraka, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. Where it's like it's the kind of movie that you see playing when you go to Best Buy to show off their fancy TVs. So this isn't I shouldn't watch this on my fifteen inch tube TV. No. Uh, no i don't think you'll get too much out of it i mean it's a visual movie there's no dialogue at all uh it's just music and visuals there's some really good stuff but you know it's i don't even know if i'd call it a movie it's not necessarily a documentary because one thing that i i wish that they would have done and i can understand why they didn't but i wanted some locations like title cards or something yeah that's something that i always hated with those films you see these unbelievably beautiful places but you have no idea where the hell they are yeah and like at the end of the movie they have a lot of the locations in the credits but it's impossible to be like oh that was that place or that was this place yeah like because there's a lot of locations in this movie it's a big movie so I would recommend it if you can get it on Blu-ray, have a nice TV. Uh, and then the only other one that I saw was John Dies at the end, which John? I was I was very eager to see this movie. Having read the book, I was cautiously optimistic, I guess. I'm a big fan of Don Coscarelli, and I thought that if anybody took on this movie, he would be the guy. He's the guy that did Bubba Hotep and Phantasm. And certainly Bubba Hotep has the same kind of wacky, crazy feel to it. Yeah. And it's it's good. I liked it, but it definitely deviates from the book. There's a ton, a ton of stuff that they take out of the movie. Um, and it's probably things that should have been left in. But again, I don't know how they he would be able to do it. Coscarelli also wrote the screenplay. Mm. And I I just don't know how it would work. I think that this would be better suited as a trilogy or a miniseries on HBO or Showtime. Crazy, crazy plot in this movie. I mean, it's completely out there, but <laughs> it's entertaining. The special effects are awful, awful. Nice. But I gave that pass just because i knew it was a low budget film and it didn't really detract from the story because the premise itself was so out there and crazy it it didn't 
bother me that the effects didn't look really good because mm. it, it, it all had that kind of tongue-in-cheek feel to it. So that didn't bother me too much. But the changes that they made, it, it wasn't really ch- changes, more omissions that they made. Uh, it completely changed the story mm. as a result. And I don't know, it's it's still worth a watch, I would say. But that's all I got. Pretty light week. A light week. I had a little bit better week. I started out with uh, watching Walkabout, the classic movie from from the 70s, the Nicholas Rogue, mm-hmm. or however the hell you say his name, about the you know Australian Outback movie. It's, it's considered like a classic, and I don't understand why. <laughs> don't I didn't get it. I don't get it. I mean, it looks it looks nice. It's a very nice looking film, but uh, I don't know. It's just boring as shit. Mm. Nothing happens, and it just Nicholas Rogue is just all over the damn place with his camera. I mean, like fifty percent of the film is just him dicking around with a camera, playing like frequency modulations and like static from the radio over top of it. Mm. Like a you know like an experimental film, and I just wish that there was someone there to like smack him across the face and be like, "Get back to the movie, Nicholas, get back," or whoever the hell his editor is or was needs to quit it. Very disappointed. I thought it was going to be amazing from everything that I've heard, but definitely not. And then I sort of feel like a dick because I feel like I missed something. Do you ever get that? Yeah. You know when you watch like classics or something? Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like an asshole because I didn't like it. But I fucking didn't like it. And I would not uh, suggest it at all. Do not check it out. Hmm. Okay. O- overrated. It does. It starts off very odd. The Australian outback. He like The guy takes his kids out and then he just starts shooting at them. And then he lights his car on fire and then shoots himself in the face. That's how they do it. That's how they do it in the outback. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so then the kids are just stuck in the outback. And then they come across an aborigine who's on a walkabout. And they do nothing. Do they walk? Oh, they walk about <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> like crazy. It's pretty much all they do is walk. And then there's, you know, like I said, frequency modulations. And a camera just, for whatever reason, just floating about. Checking out the Outback. Fucking awful. Uh, Then I watched a short film called Emotion, which is uh, by Japanese director uh, Obayashi, who directed the crazy shit horror movie House, which is a must-see because it's just batshit insane. I still haven't seen that. It's amazing. It's so ridiculous and off the wall. So I was like, I'm going to check this out. It's a short film. It's only like 30 minutes. And it's, a, it's like a experimental short film about vampires with a question mark. And it's, it's not good at all. <clears throat> but it sort of gets a pass because in the beginning and in the end of the short film, he just it basically comes out and says that it's just him and his friends making a film and having some fun. But my God, he loves trick shots and he just does trick shots over and over and over again 
for 30 minutes. Like there's a scene where it, the guy's eating a banana, but it's played back in reverse. So at first you're like, oh, what the hell's going on? Oh, okay, it's a banana. But then he shows it six more times, but just from different angles. And you're like, okay, yeah, I get it. He's eating a banana. That looks cool. Let's move on. So I would not suggest watching that either. Maybe as like a run-up to if you're watching, if you're going to watch House, because I'm sure it's probably like on the Criterion as like an extra. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You can maybe Mm -hmm. watch that before you watch House, but there's a couple of things that look nice, but overall it's just just the same thing over and over again. And then I watched The Loneliest Planet, which I was very surprised by. Uh, This is, of course, nominated for Independent Spirit Award, Julia Loktev, and it's a very understated film. You know, it's about a a couple, engaged couple that goes on like this hiking trip through Georgia, and not Georgia the state, Georgia the country. And it's just them two and a guide that takes them. And there's like a couple of things that happen during the trip that are very small, but at the same time very huge and very telling about like someone's character. And I just think I thought it was very well done. And like the thing that ha- I wish we I wish you saw it or I could just spoil it and we could talk about it because it's something that you could easily talk about for like a couple of days and just have discussions on. But I don't want to ruin the film for anyone that hasn't seen it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be seeing this. And it just it's very quick. And what happens I just I would like to know because my reaction right away was I like I looked away from the screen and I was like ah oh, you fucking idiot you are fucked <laughs> <laughs> like you're never gonna be able to live that down so you'll you'll know what it is when it happens so I'm wondering if you'll have the the same uh, reaction as me maybe I'll check that out I'll check that out this week definitely yeah I would definitely recommend it plus it I mean it looks amazing but. Then again, I think that's just more of the mountain. The mountains of Georgia look amazing. I think you could send anyone there, and they would just it would look beautiful. I don't think it matters who the cinematographer is. Mm. Plus, it makes me want to go to Georgia now. It's the only problem with film that I have. I get really excited about these places and want to go, and then realize that I'm never going to be able to go, and then I get sad. Oh, oh, yeah. Thanks a lot, loneliest planet. <laughs> Fuckers. Uh, and then I also watched The Element of Crime. This is a rewatch, uh, the debut from Lars von Trier that me and you saw a long time ago. Did I, yeah. I don't even remember it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I watched it. Because my wife was interested in it, and I pretty much remembered nothing from it. The only thing I remembered is that it's like completely sepia tinted just yellow everything's yellow except for little bits of blue here and there but this movie is fucking amazing absolutely amazing 10 out of 10 for me definitely worth a watch the cinematography is amazing the whole color scheme is amazing just it's like it's a noir like you've never seen a noir before it's Ooh. just unbelievable and it, i get the feeling it looks like a Terry Gilliam masterpiece, except that Gilliam did not direct it. And I have a feeling that every time he makes a movie, he's trying to make this movie because it just feels, it feels like Gilliam. Hmm. 
I'm going to have to watch this because I don't remember seeing this at all. Yeah, it's about a guy that sort of, well, he's in Egypt and he's under like hypnosis. <clears throat> and then it goes back in time and he's telling the story. But like the narration is unbelievable the way that Michael Elfrick does it because, you know, he's under hypnosis. So it comes off very strange and just everything is bizarre. And it's just, it's unbelievable. Definitely recommend. I mean, this guy came, Van Trier came right out the box on his I, first I film him. and I just nailed it. I love him. Same here. Amazing. Amazing movie. But I was, I was curious to see if you remembered seeing this at all. Nope. Because I don't, I don't really remember anything about it. But definitely recommend. And then I, last night, I saw The Miz. Oh, The Miz. I haven't seen this yet. The Miz. I was going to go see it yesterday, <laughs> and then I decided to not. Yeah. <laughs> I saw The Miz. The new The Miz by Tom Hooper, who did King's Speech. Did he do anything else, or was that his first movie? Uh, I don't know. I think he might have done one other thing. Oh, The Damned United. Oh, uh, I liked that. Yeah, that was Red, awesome. Red Dust. I like yeah. The Damned United. So, yeah, he did Le Miz. And I don't know anything about Le Miz at all, except that it's sad and they sing. And Victor Hugo, wrote, Victor Hugo wrote it. And then for some reason, someone was like, yeah, well, let's turn this into a musical. So they don't stop singing. They just keep singing and singing and then they sing another song and they sing another song for two and a half hours. So is this one of these movies where they're just... It's like the Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Oh, no. They, they sing it's, like the dialogue and everything? Yeah, they sing everything. There's only, I'd say, probably like ten words that are spoken that aren't sung. All right, well, I'm not going to go see it then. For some reason, I thought that... Uh, yeah, that's what I thought, too. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. And, I mean, some of the songs are okay. And it's just that there's so many of them. Like, if you would take the songs out and just, like, the the story that's there in this movie, you can tell this easily in, like, an hour and a half. Tops. But then, the, you know, they throw in damn songs. And next thing you know, it's two and a half hours of singing. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't understand musicals. I don't get it. I don't, I don't. I don't understand it at all. They Why? frustrate me. I don't want to... Who's the guy that was like, oh, I like this, but it'd be better if they like talked to each other and singing. Like, they sung songs. How would, How did people jump on board with that? Why wasn't there someone there that say, no, that's a terrible idea. Never do that. Shut your mouth. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <clears throat> I'm sure you could trace it back if you did the research. Yeah, there's some asshole... That fucking ruined everything because they're like, they should sing. And some of the singing was awful. Like Russell Crowe, you can't sing. Sorry, don't do it. That was the interesting thing. One of the reasons I wanted to see this is because they do all the singing live. Like they didn't record it separately and then lip sync. <laughs> Which I, I liked. I like that experiment because it makes more sense. Because if you're just going to do it in a studio or whatever, what the, what the hell's the point? Yeah. Plus, for me, this movie's there's like fifty adaptations of this thing. Oh yeah. So to me, if you're making it now, you got to do something completely different. Bring something new to the table. 
yeah, if you're just going to do what everyone else has done, what the hell's the point? Don't waste people's time. And did this feel different enough? Um, I have no idea because I've never seen anything else. <laughs> uh, I, it worked in spots and it made more sense of them like acting and singing while they're doing the stuff. And it's, you know, it's not, you know, glossy by any stretch. Um, and then there's, you know, some obvious parts where it doesn't work. And you're like, yeah, maybe this whole idea of singing live was a bad idea. But I give him a pass on that. I mean, he tried something. Yeah. Well, you know we, ha- we have uh, the review for this up on the site. I believe it was Daniel that reviewed this because he's a big fan of Les Mis. He gave it a seven and a half. And uh, I've been reading some mixed reviews on this. <clears throat> yeah, same here. So it didn't, um, it didn't turn out to be, like, the amazing thing that everybody thought it would. Well, I, it's tough for me, too, to try and grade this. Because on a personal level, this gets, like, a four or a five. Because eh. I just, I, you know, I hate musicals. I can't stand it. But, you know, in, like, a non-biased way, I would say, you know, like, six or seven. Because the cinematography is amazing. They nailed it on some of the songs. And I don't know. I, I'm just so confused by musicals. Yeah. Bane, bane of my existence. Hmm. All right. Did that wrap it up for you? Yeah. That, damn musicals. Not a fan of musicals either. All right. Let's talk about some Amazon Blu-ray deals. To get these incredible deals, just go to our site at filmpulse.net. Either click on the Amazon banner, shop as you would normally, or simply click, click on the provided links in the show notes. First up, we have... Rocky, the Undisputed Collection. Ooh. This is every Rocky movie on Blu-ray, 1999. 1999. For every Rocky movie. I I do admit, I am somewhat of a fan of the Rocky series. I I like... They're they're so cheesy, but at the same time, I don't know. There's just something about them that I like. Wait, 1999 for Blu-ray? For Blu-ray. Well, now it says thirty-seven, thirty-six. Uh-oh. Maybe my... Uh, Changing up on you here. I looked these up last night at... Af- it was after midnight, so I was thinking that they the prices oh, ba- would would stick. Bastards. All right, so apparently it's... Uh, how much? Thirty-seven, thirty-six, which is an odd number. Okay. Apparently it's thirty-seven, thirty-six now. <laughs> Yesterday it was nineteen ninety-nine. And we have no idea what it's going to be by the time this airs. Right, exactly. <laughs> It'll probably be like $80. I was thinking that they would at least keep the deals up for a day. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Uh, anyway, it's Your still price. decent for that price. Uh, then we have 310 to Yuma. This is $17.99. Apparent, maybe. Maybe it's seventeen ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, I love this oh, movie, so... I'm going to have to check this one out. Have you not what, seen it? I have not seen it yet. How much oh, did you say it is? $17.99. 17 Yeah. It's actually now $10.99. Uh-oh. It's actually so that one, better. But that one, yeah, that one went down. There's only two left in stock, though, so order soon. Okay, well, maybe you can look this this next one up, too, while you're at it. Uh, Lone Wolf and Cub Complete oh, Collection. Oh, shit. Yesterday or early this morning, this was sixteen ninety nine. 
It is still sixteen ninety nine. There you go. So that, that that's is a good deal. That is, that's a unbelievable deal. Yeah. Now I haven't seen any of these. Like that the whole story of Lone Wolf and Cub and Shogun Assassin is really weird to try to comprehend how they did it because they like recut things and put things together and took things away. So Lone Wolf and Cub is like the actual complete story. Well, I, I click on it here, and it's like number disc two. So, it says six films. I like it under the special features that just says none. <laughs> none. Uh, well, that's six what happens films. when you, that's what happens when you cram three entire films on a Blu-ray, <laughs> on one Blu-ray. Yeah. Wow. So, if you haven't checked that out, or if you've seen Shogun Assassin and want to see it in its full-length form it's probably worth checking out do it yeah that's a great deal yeah all right let's get right into our feature review of the week uh this week we're going to be talking about django unchained what's your name boy his name is django freeman Hmm. what'd you dig him up well fortuitous turn of events brought django and myself together I've heard tell about you. I heard you've been telling everybody that Mandingos ain't no damn good. Ain't nothing nobody is selling is worth buying. I'm curious. What makes you such a Mandingo expert? I'm curious what makes you so curious. What did you say, boy? Calm down, Butch. No offense given. None taken. Now, Monsieur Condé. And I'd appreciate if you could direct your line of inquiry toward me. One, you do not have anything to drink. Can I get you a tasty refreshment? Yes. I'll have a beer. I want a bar. Roscoe, a beer for the man All with right. the beard, and that I will is... have a Polynesian pearl dye, but do not spare the rum. That is uh, Django Unchained. This is written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Stars a veritable who's who of people, including... Jamie Foxx, Christoph Waltz, Leonardo DiCaprio, Kerry Washington, Samuel L. Jackson, Walton Coggins, uh, James Don- Remar. Don't forget James Remar. James Remar, who we he just plays heard. two characters. Yeah, we heard one of them in that in that clip. <laughs> uh, we also have Don Johnson, uh, Jonah Hill. Uh, who who am I missing? I'm missing Franco Nero, the original uh, Django. The, ring, the, uh, the original Django, Franco Nero. Um, just a ton of people. Ton Tarantino. Of people. Tarantino plays a yeah. an Australian man for some reason. Quentin Tarantino himself is in this, doing a little cameo. Um, so I guess we'll go ahead and talk about it. We'll do a spoiler section, so uh, we'll try to keep everything non-spoiler territory until we get into it. Uh, obviously, I I love this film. If you read my review on the site, so we'll start with you kevin what'd you think of django oh, i loved it i had so much damn fun it was uh probably the most fun i've had probably tied with seven psychopaths for this year the most fun that i've had at a movie and i don't know why but the idea of a free slave shooting a lot of white people like slave owners is just awesome to me i love that idea and I could probably just watch that for two hours. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
It was yeah, so awesome. Uh, Christoph Waltz was amazing, as was Leonardo DiCaprio. His his character was just so over the top, but he played it so perfectly. Mm-hmm. The whole Calvin Candy. <laughs> uh, I could have just. I wish there was more Calvin Candy. I wish they got to Candyland within like the first five minutes. Oh yeah, and then they hung out, you know, for like two hours, and then mm-hmm. a bunch of white people get shot. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson also very good in this movie. I think it, the surprise for me, and I wish that he was in it more, was uh, Walter Goggins. I'm a big fan of his. He he's awesome. He was in Lincoln too. Oh, I forgot to mention Lincoln. I saw that this week, and I completely <laughs> forgot to mention it because it was that good. No, I forgot to put it in letterbox. That's why. Ah, uh, damn it. Well, well, I'll talk about what I thought whenever you see it. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to talk about that one. But anyway, Walter Goggins was in Lincoln as well. He's he's all over the place, and I'm a huge fan of him from Justified. He's so awesome in Justified. Mm. He's. I knew he was in something because he looks so familiar. Well, he used to be in The Shield too. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, I do remember him from The Shield. I've only seen like three episodes of that. Yeah, he's awesome. He's also in the new Predators movie that came out with Adrian Brody, and he was really good in that too. Mm. Yeah, uh, I loved pretty much everything about this film. Uh, it's definitely not perfect. I do have some, you know, there's definitely some flaws here and there. And the main thing for me is it seems like a lot of shit got cut out. Uh, yeah. Yeah, a ton, a ton got cut out. To the point where it just it seemed uneven at times, like certain spots. You know, they kept showing uh, at Candyland the woman with, like, the bandana over her face. And when they first show her, Zoe I'm Bell. Like, yeah, I'm like, oh, shit. She's she's probably going to be badass. Yeah, that there's, there's this... Uh, and then nothing happens. Right, there's a scene that happens near the end of the movie, and it, that felt really truncated they felt like there should have been more there and and yeah you're right they did they did kept keep showing her and that's that's zoe bell she's the she was in death proof mm, okay uh she's she was uma thurman's stunt double in um the kill bill movies and then she went on to become an actress gotcha so she's in she's going to be in that new the expendables the female uh, expendables the fe- movie uh, okay gotcha yeah i mean like the way that they introduce that character, there's even like an introduction to it. Yeah. And it comes off as really badass and you're like, oh shit, I wonder what's going to happen there. And then, you know, she pops up again and she's like checking out photos and stuff. So you're thinking like, oh, okay, there's something going on here. And then nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That was disappointing. Uh, I read, I've been reading a lot about this. I mean, obviously when this came out, it garnered a lot of press from everybody everybody's kind of weighing in on this Mm -hmm. and i read an interview with samuel jackson and he said that there was a lot of scenes with his character of steven that got cut and he said that if you hate that character in the theatrical version just wait till you see the director's cut he said you'll hate him even more because apparently he's even more awful in that yeah because i only read like one I read an interview with uh, Walton Goggins, and he said that a lot of his scenes were cut out, too. Like, he said there's a lot of scenes where it's him and Steven, mm-hmm. the Samuel L. Jackson character, like, discussing things. 
Yeah, so, um, I did, I'm almost. I, I really want to see the uncut version now. I heard that it's, uh, or I read that it's it's very long. I there's, don't give a shit. There's a t- well, don't no, care. like I prefer it. I could watch this movie for five hours and I'd be yeah, happy. Exactly. <laughs> I, I loved every second of this movie, and at a press junket, I believe Tarantino had said that they. Uh, Harvey Weinstein wanted him to release it in two two chapters. Yeah. And he, just like what they did with Kill Bill, where Kill Bill was originally just one movie yeah. that he had to split because it was entirely too long. So uh, Harvey Weinstein wanted him to do that with this, and Tarantino was like, no, I, this needs to be Django's story, beginning, middle, and end. And so he decided to just cut it. And we, he also did say that at some point there will be a director's cut or an extended cut. Good. Because he doesn't do that. Like Tarantino is notorious for not releasing any, any of his movies that have director's cuts or extended cuts. And he doesn't include like any deleted scenes on his DVDs either. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. He better do it with this film. Oh, yeah. I think he will. Because he said that um, during the Hollywood Reporter Roundtable discussion, he was talking about writing and directing, and he said that when he writes a script, he writes it as if it were a novel. Like, he writes that separately, and then when the movie takes shape, it turns into something else. And he... So that that's why he doesn't release director's cuts or whatever, because the one that goes out in the theaters, that's that's it. But I think in this case, I think that he would have preferred to have it be longer and include those things. No. But he also said that it would, if he did that, it would change the story. So apparently, there was so much that got cut out that it actually like changed <laughs> the story. Well, itself. he he needs. He needs to just put it back in there. He should have just released it as like a three-hour movie. I would have watched it. I mean, hell, I had to sit and watch two and a half hours of singing. Yeah, there you go. I had to put it singing, Adam. <laughs> I need one other thing that I didn't say about Le Mis that I thought was very funny is, you know, it's all French Revolution. They're like Viva la France and everything. Mm-hmm. And it was an entire cast of British people yeah. and Australians. But the, and they have the British accents. Like, they didn't even try so they're just chanting Viva the France, and you're like, what, what the hell? What? <laughs> uh, sounds amazing. Yeah. Can't wait until you see it. Uh, but, so I think that it's safe to say that both of us loved this yeah, movie. Easily. It, it's so much fun. It's brutally violent. It's mm-hmm. hilariously funny. I loved every <laughs> every aspect of this movie. When you When you break it down on, like, a script level, a cinematography, soundtrack, performances, like everything was near perfect with this movie. Yeah. Near. I just, I the cinematography it. to me at certain points, there's some things that he does that I'm just like, why? Why'd you do that? You know, with like certain spots where he would use slow-mo where you really didn't have to at all. Just like, why? Why shoot that scene in slow-mo? Um, I can't think of any specifically. I usually like when he uses slow motion because his slow motion to me looks different than... Well, there are other times that he used it 
that I absolutely loved it. The the entire Don Johnson scene where oh, they, yeah. you know, he has the camera focused on the horse's legs as it's running. Oh. Yeah, that was a really nice use of it. But then he uses it again when they get Broomhilda out of the hot box and they just show slow-mo of them like wheeling her on a, in a wheelbarrow. Yeah. For like a minute or so. And I'm like, why, why is that in slow-mo? Probably just to hammer in the fact that it's so horrible and brutal and I don't know. But I liked pretty much everything as far as the look of the movie. And, I, you know, I think that it's going to be a shame if Tarantino does decide to not direct movies anymore. I know that he said that he was tired. He didn't like the way things were going as far as digital. He's a big supporter of shooting and displaying films on film. Yeah. So I don't I don't know, but then again, you know, in one interview he said he might be done and then recently just this week he said that he might be he's yeah, working exactly. on a, he's working on a script for his next movie. <laughs> so and plus how many people have done that in like the last year? Like Sean Penn retired and that lasted like a week. Uh Steven Soderbergh said he was going to retire. And, of course, he's going to have, like, seven films out next year. Probably yeah, a year after that. Well, like, but yeah, these we'll people see. do this all this time, all the time, where they're like, oh, I'm done. And then, boom, a couple of days later, you hear a news article that they're in such and such movie, or they're working on this. I don't know. Tarantino seems like a little bit... He might be a little different, though, because he's really selective about the movies that he makes and stuff. Like, the... He waits a long time between films, usually. Now, the the time between Inglorious Bastards and Django was very short. But yeah. if I recall correctly, between, like, Kill Bill and, I guess, Grindhouse was after Kill Bill, that was, like, a long span of time. Yeah. I mean, it could be a power play, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because after a certain amount of time, they're going to come begging and pretty much make any concession he wants well, yeah, and he said for him he, to make a film. He said that at this point he thinks that he would be better suited to do a TV series because I think that he's getting tired of having to constantly stifle his creativity or whatever by being limited to a certain runtime. Yeah. And apparently, like, these days in movies, you're just not allowed to have a three-hour movie. Like, because all I read about is these movies having to be cut down to like two hours and 45 minutes or whatever yeah i don't i don't understand that it's it's happened i think it happened with the hobbit happened with the avengers like all the big all these big movies i think the master had to be cut just release it just give us an intermission and release it i know like whatever whatever happened i remember when i went to go see schindler's list i was really young but my dad took me to go see schindler's list at the theater and it had an intermission Mm -hmm. halfway through i there's a guy I work with that he's from India, and he said that all their f- films are like that. They're all like three hours long, three and a half hours long, and you get an intermission halfway through. He says every movie is like that. I mean, with big, it's like ep- I wish they would do that. That'd be cool. I mean, you, you should bring that back. Big epics like this should should be they should be long. I, mm-hmm. I wanted more. I didn't. I wasn't bothered by the runtime of Django at all. No. I was more bothered by the runtime of This is 40. Yes. <laughs> and that, that wasn't even as long. Yeah. Why didn't someone cut that down? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They should have. But 
Um, just getting back to the movie, I, I don't know. I can't say enough about it. I thought it was it was great. I, I'm wondering if um, Jonah Hill had more in the original cut. All I know is that that entire scene was hilarious. Oh my god! Yes, yes. The origin, the origin story of the KKK. Yep. Yeah. That guy, that guy's wife works so hard on those bags. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. Um, did you want to go into spoilers? Is there anything you want to talk about as far as um, yes. the end of the movie? Yes. Yes. Okay. This is the so. only. That's the only fun stuff. Is to spoil the shit out of something. All right, so we're going to go into a spoiler zone now. We'll have the time code in the show notes. So if you haven't seen Django yet, you can skip over this part. Uh, so we're in a spoiler section now. Obviously, the big thing to talk about is the amazing shootout at the end yes. of this movie. My God, there was that blood in that was so ridiculous and over the top, but I loved every single minute of it. I thought it was interesting how how he handled uh people being shot and the blood because mm-hmm. it didn't look it looked different it it certainly wasn't digital which is was, it, it just looks nice. like he had he got like the biggest blood packets that he could find yeah i mean it was like intense i mean it, this wasn't just like squibs going no off. this was this was like <laughs> pillowcases of blood when they got shot it was just ridiculous it was so over the top, but it the, was fantastic. And I also love his whole when someone gets shot or injured and how they scream. Oh, yeah. While other characters are still having a conversation and you just hear it in the background like Pulp Fiction. Yeah, he yeah, he's done that. And he did that. He in does Kill it in everything. Too. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. I, I just Tarantino is just <laughs> such a good director. The whole I mean, talk about a badass movie. This is this is a badass western, and I did I did go back and watch the original Django this week. I forgot to talk about that too, but uh, the original Django was it was completely different, but it was badass as well. But although maybe Tarantino borrowed some style from from that movie or that type of movie, I, I really felt like this was kind of his own thing. Like I didn't see a lot of the. No, I guess I saw the influence. I see. I, I didn't get to watch it yet. I mean, it's 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 good. I need to watch it. I liked it a lot. I was really... I had fingers crossed for a coffin Gatling gun. Oh, that would have been so amazing. I was just waiting for someone to pop up with well, a machine gun. It might have got cut. Oh, maybe know. it did. I don't know. But we still got a, a tooth on a spring that was filled with dynamite. Yes, you get, get that. I got to see a bunch of clan members explode. And Quentin Tarantino have dynamite on, yes. on his person. That was funny. That that scene was funny. It was. Just that every every shootout in this movie, even though they were kind of, there weren't a ton of them. It, I mean, like most Tarantino movies, this isn't like action-packed from beginning to end. But when he brings it, man... He brings it hard. Yeah, yeah, he definitely does. Like how uh, when he when Django was hiding behind the dead body and the bullets kept hitting yeah. the dead body, it was just exploding. Blood was just shooting everywhere. Yeah, D- not realistic at all. You know what I mean? Well, but maybe, maybe not. But I don't. It. I don't know. I've never been in that situation. Loved it. I don't know. 
Maybe the walls right. would be painted with blood. <laughs> Who knows? But I think, in a sense, though, you, you have to make it over the top. You have to yes. make it because if you didn't, it it would just it'd be such a downer of a movie. It'd be so serious <laughs> and just awful. Yeah, and I think it's it's also sort of funny to be the complete opposite of how westerns used to be. Because, you know, in the old-time westerns, they just, like I said, they clutch their wound, and there's, mm-hmm. like, no blood whatsoever, and they're just like, ah, and then they take forever to die. So he just amped it up to when these people are going to die, you know that they're that they're dying because <laughs> there's blood everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I also love the scene when Christoph Waltz and I I wish they I knew that they were going to kill him off at some point. I wish they would have kept him alive a little bit longer, but the, just the scene when he shoots Calvin. First of all, I didn't see it coming. I I mean, I knew that something was going to happen because the tension was yeah, yeah real I knew. thick during that scene. But how he I just, knew he was going to kill him. I was just wondering how they were going to get out of it. Which I didn't understand why they didn't just build another one for Jamie Foxx. The whole hand gun thing. I don't know, I don't know what the hell those things are called. He did have but why, one. But why didn't he have one that killed Remar's character? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he didn't, wasn't wearing it or something. But he did have it. Because there's the one scene when he kills the, the one. Yeah, the, the brittle brother. Yeah. The one brittle bro- brother. That's what, that's what I was figuring. It, that we both have one. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe... Maybe they only had one and traded or something. Maybe. I don't know. They just didn't seem that prepared. No. No. Plus their 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 uh their whole plan to get Broomhilda was like the dumbest plan ever. Uh just actually, stupid. Actually it's funny that you mentioned that because there's an article uh at a again at a press junket one of there was a, a writer, a movie writer. I don't know if he was a critic. I think he was a critic that asked Tarantino about it, and then they ended up getting into this kind of little debate about that. Mm-hmm. And and um, they both brought up good points. But I think, oh, where was that originally posted? I think maybe on IndieWire or something. And um, Tarantino actually said, "Yeah, you know, maybe it would have been better if we did it that way, but." It is what it is. Yeah, because I mean, just buy Bruhenda, just buy her. I guess you, you know you're the, all you have to do is go in and say that you know I'm a German, I'm looking for a German speaking girl. I'll yeah, give you a ridiculous amount because they said what she was worth like three hundred dollars. Just go in and offer him like two thousand, three thousand. I think that one of the points that Tarantino made was that that's not very characteristic of Christoph Waltz's. Uh, character that he likes these elaborate, overly elaborate plans. True, and, and he likes to do that type of thing. And uh, I, I don't know. It didn't bother me though. Like that. That's like that'd be such a minor quibble for me. Like I, well, it didn't, I didn't, it didn't I really, really. It didn't I, really bother me either because if it went that way, the movie would only be like an hour and a half long. Yeah, I mean, there has to be a conflict there. <laughs> there'd, there'd be no shootout. <laughs> they would just get Bermuda and leave <laughs> and be like, Credits. movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that worked out for everyone. Cool. Yeah, I mean, th- there might have been another plan that they could have formulated that would have been better. But 
I mean, the whole thing was it, it didn't work. Like the, the plan, whatever the plan was, it didn't work. And no. that, that's really the point. Yeah. Uh, any other spoilers you want to talk about before we get out of this? Um, I do. I thoroughly enjoyed when he, when Jamie Foxx's Django asked the, the two slaves to leave and to say goodbye to Calvin Candy's sister. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as they say goodbye, shoots her. But not only does she get shot, but she flies. Oh, she flies. <laughs> Again, unbelievably ridiculous. And then just the subsequent uh, everything that happens with Stephen uh, Samuel Jackson's character. Oh, yeah. He's like, you said you've seen a lot of things, but you never brought up kneecapping. And then shoots him in both kneecaps. Immediately shoots him in Yes. And then blows the house up. Yes. I <laughs> uh, loved it. I loved and it. And the, the other thing, the main thing for me was Leonardo DiCaprio was amazing in this film and should definitely get a nod for a supporting actor. Oh, he was so awesome. I've never, I don't know if he, has he ever been a villain before? I don't know. I don't think so. But man, did he nail it. And the scene where he slams his hand down on the table. Oh, yeah. And actually cuts it. He actually cut his goddamn hand. Bleeding everywhere. And he just keeps going on with it. Just that whole freak out scene was amazing. Yeah. I just, I hope he gets nominated. I hope this movie gets nominated for a bunch of stuff. It was funny because Ryan, Ryan actually went to go see this twice. The second time he went to see it, it was sold out. So he couldn't go. Mm. But he loved it. And he was telling me that um or he was asking me if i thought that this was going to win any awards and i was like no <laughs> no yeah. it will not it'll be nominated maybe some actors yeah they they do like giving actors awards for tarantino movies but this movie will not win any awards yeah and and it's a damn shame too it really pisses me off cuz i feel like every time tarantino comes out with a new movie it gets recognized but it never, because it's it's too risky, I guess. Yeah. It's too risky to, to, I guess they think, oh, well, we'll nominate it. That's that's recognition enough. Yeah. But, yeah, they're, they're not going to give an actual award to him for it. Yeah, and I think it sucks. It's bullshit. But the Academy is a piece of shit anyway, so. Like, was, uh, was the artist or the King's Speech really the best movie? Probably not. Are you kidding me? Probably not. No, not even close. I know that neither of those were on my top ten. No. And actually, that's I'm working on a post for that. I just need to see a couple more movies. But I'm going to do what I would think. Like, if you just put movies against each other, all of them, you know, no foreign language section, just all films rated equally, what would the best ones be? For the year? Yeah, for the year. Oh, okay. And, like, you know, best performances and stuff like that. None yeah. of this Next, bullshit. In two weeks, in two weeks, we're going to go over our top ten lists for the year. So, I'm going to do that on the show. I wonder if Django will be on yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be on there. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Let's get out of the spoiler section. Out of it. Any final thoughts on Django? I did want to quickly mention the soundtrack, yes, which I amazing. loved loved the soundtrack the mix of 
old Western style songs with uh, hip hop, modern hip hop was great. And I don't even like uh, Rick Ross, but I thought that when they played that, the Black Coffins song, Mm -hmm. I thought that that was just a perfect place. I was so bummed out too when it stopped. Yeah. That's all you're going to (laughs) play? I know. I wanted it to be more. I love how they used the the Django theme, mm-hmm. the original at the beginning. Yep, that's an awesome song. It is. It's it's a badass song. And uh, one thing, the opening credits, opening titles were amazing. Awesome. Yeah, I'm. That whole opening scene was amazing. I'm a big fan of opening, good opening titles. Anytime I see good opening titles, I'm always excited for the movie. It makes me more excited. So yes. Uh, there you have it. If you have not seen Django, please go out and see it right now. It's definitely one of my favorite movies of the year. It's yes. amazing. It should not be missed. No, Django and I, want to, I, want, I want to see it now. I know. I, I really want to see it again. I might go see it again today. I, I want to know. see the full cut. Can we call Quentin Tarantino? Do you think you'll send it to us? Probably not. I doubt Dick. he will. Dick. I wanted to get your thoughts on... Spike Lee's comments. Oh, that's not even. I don't even want to talk about him. That's just so ridiculous. Don't, don't. Not even worth talking about. Spike, stop opening your mouth. You lose credibility each and every time you open your mouth. I know. Like I don't. I don't really get what's happening here. I I I used to back him, but like every single time now, it's like ah. Yeah, remember okay, remember Spike. when um remember when Letters from Iwo Jima came out and he was going off on Clint Eastwood about that? Yeah. And it's just it's just a movie, man. Like yeah, and yeah. before before passing judgment, at least see it. Yeah, that's my main thing too. If you're going to criticize and talk shit, at least see the damn thing. Or better yet, if you don't like it, just go not my cup of tea. I'm not going to see it. I don't understand why you got to run to the press and say a bunch of shit. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, there we go. There you yeah, have it. Jake. I would. I one other thing. I mean, did he have? Did he have a problem with, um, you know, Inglorious Bastards with Hitler being murdered and everything? Did he come out and say anything about that? Not that I'm aware of. Not that you're aware of. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. Go see Django. It's amazing. Let's talk about predictions. You cleaned up this week, and in fact, we are now tied. You're damn right. We're we tied on our predictions. Uh, every week, we predict what's coming out this week on Rotten Tomatoes scores. Django Unchained, you said 88. I said 92. Actual, 89. Nice. Les Mis, you said 80. I said 93. <laughs> Actual 72. I was way off there. <laughs> and another one here, Promised Land. You said 63. I said 80. Actual wow. 48. Wow. People did not like Gus Van Zandt's Promised Land. That didn't, even, that didn't even come out where I'm at. So Nah, it doesn't need to either. No, I don't need to see it. I'll, Especially I'll after that score. If it, if it got like a 95 or something... Might check it out, but I need to make better decisions. Yeah, I don't know why I'm attached to this. It's true, John Krasinski. You need to let me get my shit together. Get your shit together here. 
I had that happen at over Christmas too. Did somebody say you looked like John Krasinski? <laughs> it was very odd because they they didn't want to come out and say it. It was oh. it was my wife's uh, aunt, and she's like talking to her husband. And she's like, "Does doesn't he? You know, Jim." I'm like, "What? What? You think I look like Jim from The Office?" <laughs> she's like, "I did. I wasn't going to say it." And it's like, "No, I get that a lot." Jim Halpert. So that's another. There's another one on the list. That's awesome. Next week, only one release, Texas Chainsaw 3D. Four. <laughs> 4%. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, 20. I'm going to stick with the four. Okay. I just, I'm feeling four for some reason. It's. I don't think it's going to be very good, but who knows. Uh, that's it for releases. Um, nice. Let's move okay. on and talk about some DVD and Blu-ray releases. Not a lot coming out next week either, I guess, because of New Year's. We have Looper. Highly Looper. recommend Looper. Looper. I'm, uh, I haven't looked to see what kind of special features are on this Blu-ray, but I'm very interested for the special features. Maybe we'll get some deleted scenes. Maybe some, yeah, maybe some deleted scenes. Something maybe like that. Some, some diagrams. Yeah. If get you haven't diagrams. seen Looper, definitely recommending that. And then we also have Cosmopolis, David Cronenberg's Cosmopolis. Opposite of Looper. Opposite of Looper, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Don't see this. I didn't hate it. Um, it just it was the middle of the road. See, yeah, I didn't see the point of it. It just no. seemed like a waste of time. Yeah. Except that, Paul Giamatti. His, his Korean, what was it, Korean panic attack? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love that. Yeah. So it was it was a nice payoff at the end because it does end with Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe probably skip Cosmopolis. All right. I think that wraps it up. But the, what what about Cardio Karate? Oh, Cardio Karate comes out next week too. So with Steve Feinberg. With Steve Feinberg. <laughs> oh, Cardio Karate. That's amazing. For all the latest film news and reviews, visit us at filmpulse.net. We want to hear your feedback. Send us an email at feedbackfilmpulse.net or call our voicemail line at 850-391-6071. Also, please take a minute to rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that very much. For filmpulse.net, my name is Adam. I am Kevin. And we will see you on Wednesday for Ryan Watches a Movie when we have him watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. Black covers for a hundred bad men, a hundred black grapes so I can lay they ass in. I need a hundred black preachers with a black sermon to tell from a hundred black Bibles. Why we send them all to hell? I need a hundred black coffee. Black coffee.